We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Live chat, final bets, the wind, ownership projections. We got it all here for you. If you're watching this after the fact or listening to the audio podcast, hit the time description so you can jump to the points that you want. Same order every single week. It's like the first 10 minutes are the info, and then it's the live chat with the viewers. 12 p.m. Eastern time every single Wednesday on Mayo Media Network's YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the Mayo Media Network YouTube channel. And if you're still out there and wanting to get in one of those draws for a hundred American dollars, we're not going cheap here and giving you Canadian pennies. Pennies on the dollar, at least, with all of this. If you go to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix, and you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts along with your Twitter handle or email, say something nice about the show, you are in the draw for 100 U.S. bucks. Jeff and I will be giving those away on Monday's Pat Mayo Experience. I just released a show up there for the one-and-done segment. Again, it's all just short stuff for the niche sports, the niche, niche topics, but if you're looking to get in on some action, please go download that show. The UFC show will be up on Mayo Media Network, Dogger Pass Podcast, later on Wednesday, and of course, the Hockey Bets and Picks DraftKings Pick Show every single day, uh, except for Sundays, on Mayo Media Network as well. So subscribe to all of that. Please help us all out. Everything that I will be using today is from fantasynational.com. Fantasynational.com slash Mayo gets you that 20% discount, which if you get the weekly, makes it eight bucks a week. Or if you get the annual, I think it makes it like five bucks a week or something crazy like that. Highly suggest if you're playing DraftKings or betting on golf, get fantasynational.com, use slash Mayo, get yourself a discount. Everyone's a winner. It's fun to use anyway. Even if you don't bet, you just click around on stuff and you can learn more about golf. Who doesn't like that? What else do I got? My pivots column for DraftKings is up on FTN Daily 
Facebook.com right now. My full preview for the tournament and the stats in the course and my cheat sheet for DraftKings is up on DKNation.com right now. If you just want to not listen to me and just go get the picks, that's where they are. All right. I'm also in Golf Digest this week as well. Coming off, I'm riding a heater one in a row. Brooks Kepka. Let's see if we can make it two in a row with the picks right now. So the betting card for the week, obviously, it's funny how the betting card shaped up for a lot of people because I was in early before the Dustin withdrawal on some people, and now those guys are not necessarily at numbers that I would bet because everyone from the very top of the board has crashed, but other people didn't place a wager until DJ withdrew, and then they just hopped on Cantley and Berger before the numbers actually shifted, and I can't begrudge that whatsoever. I think it's a pretty smart move. I just didn't have that opportunity. I mean, I had that opportunity, but I was already in the market, and I didn't want to overexpose myself here. Once we get to the weather report, I think saving a few bullets for Sunday or even Saturday might be the prudent move in this regard because all these guys could end up missing the cut based on the weather forecast uh, and how cold it's going to be on the Monterey Peninsula this week. So with you know over 20 mile per hour winds projected on Sunday, you could see someone charge up from the back of the pack at huge odds going out early. So I would keep a better two around for that. They're going to be deep odds, mind you, uh, the guys that you'll probably be betting on Sunday, unless someone just gets way out ahead. Obviously, I don't know what's going to happen. But if the weather does stay like this, and I'll do the full weather report in a minute, that um, Chasers could have a viable chance this week although this has been a tournament where the 54 hole leader has gone on to win a large percentage of the time versus something like last week in phoenix where almost everyone who leads after round three never ends up winning in phoenix so the card for me this week francesco malinari 28 to 1 jason day 35 to 1 ricky fowler 50 to 1 into the bomb section, I got the Gim Reaper, Doug Gim, 100 to 1 with a top 8 each way. Yeah, that's new for us here in Canada. It's funny because it's switched. I made two bets with the top 5 each way, and then I checked back later in the day. All of a sudden, it was a top 8 each way. I was like, well, damn, that kind of sucks for me. But Doug Gim, Gim Reaper, 100 to 1, top 8 each way. Harold Varner the third, 110 to 1 with the top 5 each way. Nasty Nate Lashley, 200 to 1 with the top 5 each way. And Chris Baker, the birdie maker, 600 to 1 with a top 8 each way. Top 20s I'm playing this week. Lashley, 5.5 to 1. Rob Oppenheim, the bringer of birdies, 10 to 1. And Chris Baker, 14 to 1. First round leader, I did find the split market, so I only have one, and it's without an each way. It's just to be first round leader. Nate Lashley, 66 to 1 to be the first round leader on Pebble Beach. For the one and done, I took Jason Day, Jeff took Harold Varner third, and Cuss took Paul Casey in our three-man competition. Obviously, I'm not giving away my picks for the Fantasy Golf Championship and the race for the Mayo Cup because I'm competing against all of you out there when it comes down to it. Weather report for the week. I dumped the weather link on WindFinder into the live chat if you're looking for it uh if you go to windfinder.com just type in pebble beach it's pebble beach slash lone cypress the same one that i used for the u.s open in 2019 as my bookmarks actually ended up telling me so th thursday looks great so this is a really interesting point here so thursday don't worry about the weather it's gonna be cold but that's fine it's gonna rain overnight and it's going to be cold, and it's going to be windy on Friday. So it's going to be basically a sustained wind of 15 miles per hour throughout the day with gusts up to like 26 at certain points. That's not great. On Saturday, basically no wind in the morning, and then in the afternoon it just starts ramping up 
big time. 13 mile per hour winds, 25 mile per hour winds. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy. And then on Sunday, at least right now, we're looking at basically a sustained wind of like 10 to 15 miles per hour early. Later in the day, it's going to get up to 18 or 20, but the gusts are like 25 to 30. So my thinking on the matter, and we're never going to know this or whether it works out or not, that since the players are playing split tees, uh, sp sorry, split courses the first two days, that I think you would want the players starting at Pebble Beach, only because Spyglass Hill is enclosed with trees, although a lot of those trees have fallen down, so it's a bit more open than it has been in the past, but it's not directly on the coast, where Pebble Beach is directly on the coast. I think you're familiar with Pebble Beach at this point. You know that you know if you hit it too far right, you're in the Pacific Ocean. So I would anticipate the winds affecting that course more than Spyglass, and it's not like I'm going to construct all my lineups with just guys playing pebble day one but out of my 20 lineups i'm gonna allocate probably four of them to pebble stack day one to get them hopefully away from the wind on day two to see if i can squeeze those six guys through the cut then i'll probably play two the opposite way just in case i'm wrong because i always enjoy to do that and i'm thinking that most people will try to do the pebble I mean, not most people people who are in the know and actually do things like tea time stack and course stack will end up doing it pebble day one uh, to get your guys on spyglass on day two so notable names starting on pebble beach on thursday that uh, i'm using in my lineups let's see all of my like duds from the bottom whether it be baker or oppenheim it's funny all those 6k guys for me they're all starting on the other side so i have to kind of broaden my pool for those specific lineups i don't mind cam percy he's down there russell knox is down there austin cook nate lashley i'm definitely using because i'm big on nate lashley this week norlander's playing the course spieth ricky and nick taylor and brian stewart are all out there day cantley and see woo Kim are all playing there as well, as is Will Zalatoris. From the other side, starting on team number 10, Matt Jones, Doug Gim, Mark Hubbard. Who else do we got here? Just scanning through. Harold Varner is on that side as well. So the guys who have potentially the worst draw, you know, the Paul Casey's, the Molinari's, Snedeker, Phil, Max Homa, uh, all guys that I like this week that I'm still going to be using, um, but I'm probably not going to, I haven't decided whether or not I'm, I'm not using Casey and I'm probably not going to end up using Phil. We'll end up seeing like Scott Stallings, Kevin Streelman, Sam Burns, like sort of chalkier ish players. I would just say, be a little bit careful. Um, I, it's not to say that don't use them because you know, I'm using a lot of these guys, uh, when it comes down to it. But if you just want to build course specific lineups, that is a way that you can go through that. So just go search the tea times and maybe try to split up your roster. And listen, best case scenario, you get lucky and you get it right. Worst case scenario, there is no impact and it's all things being equal anyway. So I don't see a ton of downside to doing it unless for whatever reason, Spyglass plays way harder in the wind than Pebble, which I just don't foresee happening. So that's my quick take on the weather and the T-splits when it comes down to it. The other thing to watch out for is the weather. So it looks like it's going to be in the 50s all week, uh, which apparently is very cold, where I am very warm at this time of year in California playing golf. Not so warm, especially for these guys. The two players that it does concern me about the most, strangely enough, Cantlay and Jason Day, two guys who have had back problems in the past that you know, we've seen it with Tiger before at some of these U.S. Opens where he'll play really well at the Masters. Uh, it's in you know, nice conditions. Like the hotter it is, the better it is for Tiger. You get him in you know, upstate New York or just outside of New York City and, you know, in May, and it's not the warmest or even last uh, <clears throat> 
last year in September wasn't the warmest, and all of a sudden he can't get loose, the back starts flaring up, and just he's not hitting the ball as well. That would be my only potential concern. I'm not using Cantley this week. Um, just it's a decision I made in my DraftKings lineups that I'm going to play it a bit more balanced in that low 9K, upper 8K level and try to jam in four of those guys along, along with Lashley and Hubbard and some of the scrubs from the upper sixes and the lower sevens. However, I I am using Jason Day, but it does worry me a lot that maybe I probably won't have Jason Day in my main lineup. Although I said that about Brooks last week and then Brooks ended up winning. So stupid on my part, but uh, those are some of the concerns that I have when it comes down to it. Ownership on DraftKings this week. Cantlay is looking like the highest owned guy, followed by Daniel Berger, one and two. Uh, Molinari is going to be up there. Jason Day, Kevin Streelman, and Cam Davis and Harold Varner are likely going to be your highest owned players of the week. Cantlay could push 30% in this field. Berger could be like 25%. Then you'll have Davis, Molinari, Day, Zalatoris, Streelman, Norlander, they're all going to be floating in that like 15 to 20 range. It's going to depend on the contest that you end up playing in. I wrote up my pivots column up on FTNDaily.com right now. And spoiler alert, the only player that I have projected for less than 10% that is above Phil Mickelson in the pricing is Ricky Fowler. And it's been the putter that has been holding him back. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Ricky whatsoever, but the irons have looked really good. If you can just figure out the putter whatsoever, you think he's going to be fine here. He's someone that I'm actually going to, I mean, I bet him to win because he was 50 to one, but in terms of DraftKings, you don't need a ton of him to get overweight to the field. And he is someone who can, this is such a weak field. Why couldn't Ricky Fowler end up with a very high finisher? Not to say he's going to win or even make the cut for that matter. But I think if you're looking at him versus all of the other options around him, you're getting him at half the ownership to one fourth the ownership of everyone else. So it's not necessarily like, oh, Ricky needs to beat Patrick Cantlay in order to win. But as as a second or third man in in your lineup he needs to beat Molinari, Siwoo, Sam Burns, Cam Davis, Homa, and Kevin Streelman. Like, Ricky can do that. Uh, and you're getting him probably around like 6 to 7% versus the 18%, 20% of the guys around him. So you have to weigh those opportunities and have to risk it just a little bit. This seems like a really good week to kind of go full throttle on pure risk because it's a very weak field, like we've mentioned a whole bunch of times. Uh, it's a large field. It's 156 players, so a fewer amount of players actually end up making the cut versus a regular week or something like we saw in Phoenix. And then you have this weather element to everything, this short course element that just adds to the variance of what's going on. So if you take the pedigree of someone like Ricky Fowler and he hits, you're going to be way ahead of the field in some of these larger GPPs because you have him and no one else does, whereas everyone else kind of flat across the board. Uh, everyone else is going to be in the double digits. And like I said, Cantley is going to push like 30%. So everyone else is going to be in that range as highly owned players because you can afford them this week. It's not that big of a deal. So... Let's jump into the live chat and see what is happening over there. Pat, love the show. Love the nicknames. You're the Chris Berman for the online generation. All right, here we go. What do you think of the eunuch as a nickname for Patrick Cantley? I think we can do better. I'm not going to lie to you. We can do better than that. That's something that we can do. We can, we can work together and come up with a better nickname for Patrick Cantley. Pat, would you tell us the projected ownership on Siwoo and Ak Akshay Bhatia? Cusboy, Batia. Uh, let's see here. What do we got for who's the first guy? Siwoo. Siwoo coming in lower of the 9K guys. He's around like 12 to 14%. And I, I assume Ashke is like literally unowned. Uh, he is like 4% owned. So one of the higher ones of the 6Ks, but not anything that would really make you sneeze at it. 
If you go into the 6K range, isn't Oppenheim the one with the most upside considering his history at Pebble? Well, I mean, every time that he's hit his upside, it's come at Pebble, but again, that upside isn't great. I'm using Oppenheim, don't get me wrong, he's 6,500 bucks. I think he's a nice back-end filler. I wouldn't like a lock button on Rob Oppenheim. Skill-wise, he's nowhere near the best player in the $6,000 range. So I think his skill set fits with this course really well, but he has no short game and the guy cannot make putts. Every time that we've seen him like pop up on a Saturday leaderboard, he's like 78. Uh, and then he's gone on Sunday. So you have to take the good with the bad on Oppenheim. I like him as a play. I don't think that when you say he has the most upside, like there's guys in the 6Ks that can go win, like especially some of these young guys with like real legit skill. Oppenheim's just not one of those guys. He's more of like a, a, a high, he's, he's, you know what? He's kind of like TPJ in a way. He doesn't have the credentials of TPJ. So he's like the homeless man's TPJ. But putting, putting, putting can you get it going that week because the wedges are going to be dialed in and he's going to hit a bunch of fairways so that's what you can expect from Oppenheim hey Pat would you play Max Homa this week as an outright pick ah, I mean you can if you want I'm not so I guess the answer to that would be no I am using him on DraftKings so I do like him projected ownership on Ogletree sub three percent favorite play 7.4k and under I like Lashley Lashley at 7.1 is my guy Will Gordon, too low? Same as most guys in the $7,500 range, if you ask me. I would prefer Gordon more on a track where he can really utilize his driving distance. Um, we've seen him pop up at different places over time, like when he played really well at Travelers. That was also why well, he was a different type of POA, but the faster POA greens that maybe he could spike. But I don't see a whole lot of differentiation between him and some of the other guys around him in the same range. Hello, sir. What's in your golf bag? Uh, I wonder what Pat's handicap is. Considering I haven't played golf since the DFS opened last March, I'm going to guess that uh, it's not good at the moment. I'm usually like around a 20, but I've just played so infrequently doing these shows every single day. Not a whole lot of time to go out golfing. Maybe that can change this summer. Maybe I can go back and get myself a membership. But uh, yeah, I'd say probably between like 20 and 25 at this point. How much wind cover does Spyglass provide? I already kind of did that one. Any Kyle Stanley love? Not really for me. Uh, I think the stats bear out that he's playing really well right now. It's just, you know, Kyle Stanley has scorned me so much in the past. And again, he's one of those guys that seems in that range with Hubbard, who I like more, Lashley, who I like more, Gim, who I like more, that I'd rather just go to those guys. I, I'm not playing a ton from down in that range. I kind of want to consolidate my core from down there and see how it goes. Given the very weak field this week, does it make sense to skip all the top guys and play six guys between 7,500 and 9,000? I don't hate that. I'd probably go a bit higher than 9,000 because I do think there's pretty, pretty much a dramatic cutoff between like the Homa's, Homa and up seems to be sort of a tier of its own. And then once you drop below that and you get into like the Matt Jones, who's fine, and Phil and all these guys, Neesmith, uh, down at $8,000, that I don't think that those guys skill-wise compare to the guys that are $1,000 more. And like the guys above 10000 are a clear step ahead. Like Berger is the only one above $10,000 that I'm using. Uh, and I'm not using a ton of him. I think I haven't been 25% of my lineups. But I think that you can probably go a little bit lower than 75 if you have confidence in some of these guys from the lower end. I don't hate that idea. I think that balance build approach is a good way to do it. But even if you wanted to build a team of like, you know, Day Kim, Molinari, Homa, and then two low sevens guys, I can get on board with that. I don't think that's a terrible idea with this. Brant, the bad, bad weather play. There's a few guys that anecdotally play really well in the wind. So let me look this up on Fantasy National right now. I'm going to cut the sample to 24 rounds. 
and see what's up here. So Snedeker, we just know from what he did at Torrey Pines that one time, and he gets so much credit for that. But I think a lot of people forget he was one of the first people on the course when the conditions weren't as bad. Now, they were still not good, mind you, and he had a fantastic round. But the conditions that the players, the leaders especially, faced later on in the day were like 40-mile-per-hour winds. Snedeker wasn't quite facing that. But if I switch on the, where's the windy? The windy AF filter that's 17 mile per hour winds and above i wish we had a cold filter i don't know how we necessarily track that but so 24 rounds uh, a lot of guys don't even have enough rounds to qualify here so let's go on average so you get someone like sebastian capelan and Bo hog and nelson ledesma and ryan gibson as your best players in windy conditions but none of them have more than seven rounds per average so of guys with 10 or more rounds in the wind above 17 miles per hour over their past 24 rounds uh we're looking at spieth is actually the best with two total strokes gained now half of those strokes are putting strokes uh t to green let's see ball striking wise he is actually only 0.5 so that's chipping and putting for spieth in the wind has really come through cameron davis is very high up on that list Berger, harry higgs patrick cantlay kevin chapel ricky fowler jason day chase seifert brant snedeger rob oppenheim uh, they have 24 and 14 rounds apiece. Ryan Moore is up there with 24. Paul Casey, Russell Knox, guys that you would kind of consider basically the Euros. Like Russell Knox, especially being a Scottish player, is someone who's conducted himself very well in the wind in the past. Uh, the worst guys in the wind, like you have Ogletree and Will Gordon down there, but it's one in two rounds. Uh, Zing Zhu Zhang, the Chinese bad boy, not great in the wind in 11 rounds. Andrew Landry, Adam Long. These are all like towards the bottom end. James Han, he's down there as well. Sung Kang, T Dunks, Chris Baker. Oh no, my guy, Chris Baker, the birdie maker. Oh, it's only seven rounds out. Werner has not been great in the wind. Tringali has not been great in the wind. Who else of like notable is up there? Perez, Harrington. You'd think Harrington would be good. Austin Cook. But again, these are very small samples, and one good round can determine your fate, or one bad round can really sway what's going on when it comes down to that. So Scott Piercy is someone just in my mind. That's a pretty good wind player. Uh, I've just noticed that before. Aaron Wise was someone who was also good in the wind. You probably just want to correlate coastal courses together. So Mayakoba, Sony, Heritage, PGA National, courses where you do get a lot of wind gusts over time and maybe try to factor those out too. That's why Fantasy National is great. You can go use the tool and search it any way you want. A lot of the lines jumped way up last night. How come? I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, I know there is no shot link on Spyglass, but are there SG stats on but there are SG stats on Fantasy National for that course. There's strokes gain total. We can measure that. We just can't measure anything else if you just search by Spyglass. Everything else will be just blacked out. Um, you'll only get like the strokes gained off the tee approach around the green and putting metrics for Pebble Beach. Blank site was late to the party. Blank site pulled DJ on Monday night, but blank site had DJ up and managed to get some pretty decent numbers. Pays to have more than one book. Usually a good idea. Uh, on the blank site that you're talking about, HDC, don't be shocked if they pull your bets if they win. Uh, just straight up. Be, be very cognizant of that. When you use offshores, which that one book is that you're using, uh, you have no real recourse to get your money back from. They can basically just take your money. The second site you use is a publicly traded company. Uh, it's just not huge into the North American market as of yet. You're, you, it's probably the biggest book in the world. You're good with them. The other one, yeah, a bit wobbly on that one. 
Burger or Willsey? I will go with Burger. It's split teas, so the early late shouldn't matter the first two days. Dylan is correct on that front. Uh, let's see. Hey, Pat, can you please give me an update on the Tringali ownership on blank site? I don't even know what site you're talking about with that. Never heard of it. I uh, probably wouldn't play there, to tell you the truth. Uh, fading Cantley Day in favor of Casey and Spieth. Thoughts? I mean, you can get away with it. Sure. I mean, I'm not using Casey or Spieth, so you know, guys that I don't use usually do pretty well, so that's a move. Harmon or Neesmith? Double pass for me. I'd go Neesmith, but... Any Harry Higgs love? Gained on approach last four. Finished 18th here last year. Nah, I'm cutting down my core, so nah. Josh from the challenge or Jordan Spieth? As Paul knows, Josh is on my fantasy team this year. Not that I'm a huge Josh guy, but... I mean, the more we have Josh on the show and the more that he's crying, the more fantasy points I pull up. So we're good. Patrick Reed nickname. Oh, man, that's that's a terrible nickname. I'm not even going to say that. That's, you, this is why I'm a professional. You leave the nicknames to me. You guys, it's like when Seeley comes on and tries to give me nicknames. They're just bad. No one would ever say these things. Thoughts on Spieth this week? I like him. Good enough. Um, I'm not using him. I'm not betting him. I think that he's overpriced and too short, but he's played so well here in the past that you can't overlook him and not think that he has a legitimate chance to win. It, but in a field like this, I'm really going to try to, I think in my 20 lineups, I've used 16 players. So you really need to be, you really need to be prudent when you're chopping down your list. Who am I going to use? Who am I not going to use and go along with it? One name that popped up and I haven't submitted the lineups yet, so I might rerun the generator on it. But for whatever reason, Charles Schwartz will just, I just keep coming back to his name all week, and I have no real evidence of why I keep doing it, but it might just go with the gut play and go with Charles Schwartzel. Chris Bader, Baker the birdie maker. Is he a must play or a really must play? Look, uh, I just think that the odds at 600 to 1 and 6,200 are just a bit too low for him. Uh, he's probably more likely to miss the cut than make the cut at this point, so I wouldn't be uh, pushing all in on Chris Baker, but I, I like his skill set. Over the past 24 rounds, he's one of the only players in this field who rates top 10 off the tee and through approach. Like, when you're digging in the $6,200 range in super long shots, like, that pops out and says to me, like, hey, this guy at least does have some upside in scoring potential. Can he make some putts? I don't know. Seems like he has the bad end of the draw. That's not good. But we've seen bad end of the draw turn into good end of the draws before, so it wouldn't be crazy to see Chris Baker go. Listen, if he wins, I'm rich, so let's go. Let's go, Chris Baker. Cantlay plus cheap 6K or Day plus Stallings. Day plus Stallings is going to be pretty chalky. I can see Cantlay plus the cheap 6K guy uh, if you can find the right. 6k guy that you like i'd say go for it higgs at 125 yes please sorry sean howard that's not a question you know what non-questions get you paul banned for life banned for life i didn't read the rules so i'm not gonna ban you but i don't really care what you're up to chad has been pretty good today the chat's been great we've called out all the losers yep and listen we're flying through, we're flying through the chat i'm pretty happy mm-hmm. this is great last week was an all-time low Herman is starting off at Pebble. Yeah, that's great, man. There's half the field starting off at Pebble, so you can go research that on your own. What's your thoughts on Davis Riley? Considering he was all putting last week, uh, probably going to take a pass on Davis Riley here. Sam Burns or Cam Davis? Cam Davis. Cam Davis is the one guy I'm considering adding to the betting card for me this week. Uh, The simulator absolutely adores him. 
on Fantasy National. He's a, you know, Aussies, by and large, are just very good win players as it is. He's excellent with his wedges. We've seen his upside. Um, Burns has flashed before. Uh, actually, in my Golf Digest article, the head-to-head that I gave out was Cam Davis over Sam Burns, just because I think that Sam Burns has too much downside. And, well, he can go, like, minus nine. He's also good for, like, a plus seven every now and then. So we might just miss the cut. Then you have Cam Davis, who's just skating towards the weekend. So I'm using a high percentage of Cam Davis in my DraftKings lineups. I still see him at 35 to one. If I can find a 40, I might jump in and see how that goes with him. I don't know. I just, I feel very uncomfortable betting Cam Davis at 30 to one. And I know this field, he probably warrants being a 30 to one. There's just something about that name that kind of throws it off for me. Who do you prefer, John Daly or David Duvall? Get out of my chat. Taylor, Stallings, Stanley, Putnam. Pick two for the player pool. Stallings and which Taylor? Is it Vaughn Taylor or Nick Taylor? Both former winners here. I'll go Stallings and Stanley. Thoughts on Molinari's drop-off since winning the Open? I mean, I've been over this a million times, but I love Molinari. I'm betting this week. I've bet him each of the first two weeks. Uh, He moved his family, didn't really play much in 2020. Uh, I mean, Augusta really rattled him when he lost to Tiger, but hey, he's shown back up. He has two top tens to kick off the season. One of them was at a long course at Torrey. One of them was at a short course at Amex. This, on paper, sets up perfectly for him. Can he make enough putts? I mean, when he wins, he does, but the wedges are going to be good, so I like him a lot this week. Han or Kirk? Kirk. Brennan Gray's first tournament since he unfortunately lost his father due to COVID. Something tells me his rough stretch comes to an end as his mind won't be so focused on his family. Another guy who's really good in the wind as well, Brennan Grace. Just not sure where his game is at right now, where his head is at right now, and he's really shown nothing before that in terms of you know popping off, in terms of good results uh, to warrant it. But listen, Brennan Grace used to be a class player. Maybe he can get it back going. I'm not going to be using him, but he does come in at 7200 bucks. I would probably go to either side of him in the DraftKings pricing, go up 100 bucks and use Raya Moore or Mark Hubbard at the same price, or just use Lashley at $7,100. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Like, for example, me being stuck with two little kids and my wife in a very small condo for the past 10 months starts to wear on you over time. But BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is a professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which not may be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send messages to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit through an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read some of the testimonials that are posted daily, like this one about Brandon Wolfenden, CMHC. He's a very kind man. He isn't pushy and doesn't probe for answers. He is gentle and sweet. This is what Catherine Boulay has to say about her. Great service. Things keep getting better with Catherine. Look forward to 2021. Visit betterhelp.com slash mayo. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. 
The special offer for Pat Mayo Experience listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash mayo. If you are watching out there right now, live on the chat, please smash the like button to the episode. That's how we keep this stuff free. The likes, the interaction, everything like that. Share the show around while you're out there too. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tweet the show out right now because I think I forgot to do that. So let's see what we're doing here. Let's see, live chat. Oh, see, I, I didn't even, I tweeted it 40 minutes ago that we're going to start. Pebble Beach live chat. Pebble Beach viewer. Thrilling stuff here. Viewer chat live now with a lot of caps and a lot of W's. And then I'll schedule one for 15 minutes from now. And we'll be good on the social media front. Excellent stuff. Back to the questions. If I start a lineup with Burger and Cantlay, should I bring it back with Malnati, Han, and Gim? Does that even work? I don't even know if that fits into the salary cap, to tell you the truth. I think those guys are just too expensive. Uh, if you can, yeah, sure. Probably have to play the birdie maker, Chris Baker, in that in that lineup. What's that? I so say you probably have to play the birdie maker, Chris Baker, in that lineup. Yeah, that, that's a Chris Baker, Rob Oppenheim lineup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, message redacted. Okay. Who is cussed in on the one and done? I want to ride his hot streak. Um, I mean, you can watch the show or the beginning of the show or check out the cheat sheet or Monday show to figure any of that stuff out. JB Holmes, terrible form. Good course history. Any love? Not for me. Davis Ravi's best results on the Corn Ferry Tour seem to come from where the wind pop up. Not sure how to quantify. That's actually a good point. Uh, harder courses and windier courses are where Davis Riley has played really well. I just, I haven't seen anything from him on the PGA Tour besides some really hot putting and good chipping uh, that the ball striking just worries me too much from him. Russell Knox outright 80 to 1. Good wind player. Can putt. Can't really putt. Been playing well. You want to go for it? Go for it. I, I told you who my bets are, so if I haven't bet them, then I probably don't like the bet, right? Doesn't this week set up nicely for Ryan Moore? Seems like a good spot. I thought so as well, but I went back and looked at his history at this course, and he's not good. But you'd think fairways, wedges, maybe roll a hot putter, the Ryan Moore special. That would make a lot of sense. I just don't know why he hasn't been able to do it. I think the stats point to him as being a top 10 value this week based on his pricing, but I just can't get behind it. Letting course history cloud my judgment. You should never do that. What's your one bet for outright this week? I don't make one bet for outrights. Got terrible questions. Might have to ban this person. The worst questions in the biz. Is Charles playing? That I don't even know. I, I thought he was. He might have been one of the withdrawals. No, he is not playing. So don't use Charles Schwartzel when it comes down to it. I really thought, this seems like a field that he should be in. Tell you the truth. He'd have a chance here if he catches a hot putter. Any emergent players you see might pop up onto the PGA scene. Also, any word on a golf card break with Jeff and Tim? I'd watch it just for the reactions. Business expense. Thumbs up. I don't even know if golf cards exist yet. I know that they were going to exist. I have no idea, though. Uh, and any word? I, I don't really understand your question about the pop-up on the PGA scene. Like Rob McIntyre? Bobby Mack coming over from Europe? I like him. Casey De Mawanari HV3 for one and done. I think that fewer people will use Casey than you actually think. So Casey might be the better option, considering he is. Um, Casey is the highest ranked of these players. He has the lowest odds of these players. And he might be the lowest owned of all those players, too. So 
Interesting with Casey. Plus, the Brits might have an advantage if it's a bit colder out. How does Cam Davis stack up on Poa? Sounds like you need a membership to FantasyNational.com to go figure it out. Do you like Old Man Furick this week? I don't. The stats love him, though. Rick talked me out of him on Tuesday's DraftKings show. But I don't hate it. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to go there. Cust or Hostler? Cust. Any love this week for the Shez? No. Uh, any Mav McNeely love? Listen, if he puts the lights out like he is prone to do, he can definitely compete. But I don't really like banking on that, so pass for me. Burger or Day better in one and done? Uh, just objectively, probably Burger. Is the Andercurse losing some steam? Well, considering uh, after we added Marty Schottenheimer to the list, after he was talking to us like at length about him a few days ago, and then he wound up dead, the Andercurse has killed four people in the last six months. So he was due for some positive stuff. So watch out if you're trying to tail the Ander curse on this one. Uh, thinking about tailing him with Casey, go for it. What coffee are you drinking? And why isn't the stuff, why isn't it the stuff Phil peddling? I'm drinking an Americano large with three shots of espresso from Starbucks because it wakes me up. Smash the like button. Kieran knows. Did you consider Michael Thompson this week? Nah, I never really consider Michael Thompson. One and done. Burger, Molinari, probably Burger. A lot of people have used Burger in the one and done. That's why I think that people will shy away from him, plus the missed cut last week. That it seems like a decent spot for him. Um, Cantlay versus Day in one and done. Probably go Cantlay. I think that people might shy away from Cantlay because they're using him at different points throughout the year because he's a high-end player. But this tournament is no slouch in terms of the prize pool. So if you have a seven to one and he's by far the overwhelming favorite in this tournament, then I can see using Cantley here. I don't know if I'm personally going to use him, but I completely understand why you would in this spot. If you want to check out my one and done breakdown, that's up on Mayo Media Network right now. It's a quick 10 minutes, kind of go over the top of the field, the guys that you can consider, the ownership percentages that have been used so far in the giant one and done. That's also up on Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets, The Mix audio podcast. We're going to have some soccer later on in the week, some NASCAR, my golf one and done. That's where the Euro golf also pops up so all of these the sort of secondary sports that we don't do a full-time show for all pop up onto that feed and if you rate and review on apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review your twitter handle or email address along with something nice about that show subscribe to them and download them as well that would be great too but if you do that on apple Podcasts, where i can track it you're in a draw for a hundred bucks so you know it takes like 15 seconds to do you might as well do it if you want to win a hundred bucks fantasy national is incredible I'd subscribe again at twice the price. We hear this a lot. We like to keep everything down. Plus, if you use fantasynational.com slash mayo, you get yourself 20% off. We want to be a community of members at Fantasy National. So, yeah, we don't want to overcharge people for it. We don't want to make it so unaffordable. People can't use it. I think very affordable. So let's go. Haven't heard much about Cam Davis this week. Then you have not been paying attention, sir. Feel like, how, Paul, how many times do you think I've said the name Cam Davis today? Uh, at least at least three or four yeah on cam, this show cam davis is gonna be very popular this week Cantley versus day already just did that one do you have any interest in soccer if you do 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 you like alfonso davis i don't give a fuck about soccer i hate soccer 
I think uh, he's Canadian. Maybe that's why he's asking that. Oh, great. Yeah, fantastic. One thing I love more than anything is liking people generically based on the country they're from. Don't we have Mayo Media Network soccer content coming We do. Up? Yeah, that's why I'm not doing it. I well, actually went out, yeah, exactly. I went out and got actual soccer people to who actually play DraftKings soccer at a very high level and bet soccer at a very high level. Might even see a few Brits pop up. you got to go to the Brits when it comes to like EPL betting. But there'll be bets for the EPL weekend slate coming out on either Thursday evening or Friday morning, plus a full breakdown of the DraftKings slate for EPL this weekend, uh, both up on media, Mayo Media Network and the Mix podcast as well. And then next week, we're going to have Champions League come out. That might come out Sunday or Monday for the Tuesday Champions League. I'll listen to it and I'll tail the picks, but that's about... If I can win money off soccer, I'll be fine. I don't ever want to have to watch that, though. Steeler Norlander. Norlander. How do you feel about your fellow Canadian mate, Roger Sloan? I like Roger Sloan probably the best of the Canadians this week. Uh, I'll be using him as a like a $6,000 scrub in the lineup. $7,000 left. Play Sam Ryder, another 7K, or someone in the sixes. You could use Sloan, or you could find the extra 100 bucks and use Nate Lashley. Who do I have from down here? Sloan, Seifert, those would be probably the two guys that I would use that are the closest to that price point. Are you playing Phil this week? Don't think that I'm going to do it, but I haven't submitted my lineups yet. I can always change my mind on that. Varner or Ricky? I'd probably go with Ricky. Ricky's a real interesting one and done. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, he's like just as likely to miss the cut as he is to make the cut. But I do think that he still has win equity, and no one's going to use him. Thoughts on Norin, Top Hero? There's a guy who plays really well in bad conditions, Alex Norin. Top Hero, 8-1. to one. Who would he have to beat for that? Molinari. He'd have to beat Casey and Molinari from the top. Norlander from the top. That's not a horrible price tag, actually. I don't hate it. I'm not playing it, but I, I don't hate that at all. Shout out to the Dogger Pass podcast. There you go, Paul. Thanks. UFC cash cows. Cody was fire on the last card. Yeah. I tailed him on like four decision props, and they were all like three to one. <laughs> I was off on a hike, so I didn't actually tail his parlays, but we did. We were on a lot of the same plays. I ended up paying a bunch of stuff live. It was a good week. Good Not week. a great week. It wasn't a a, a bank breaker, but, uh, but it was nice we're to get back some, on track. Yeah, we nice to get some money back after the Connor. island for sure. So now we we're cut, we're gonna be coming in hot this week. Uh, Stephanie or I got to figure out how to pronounce this guy's name properly. Kamau Johnson. I'm playing neither of them. Uh, just make that easy. Uh, Kazire, Rafa or Werner Werner. Any chance you play three high price guys and three 6K guys? I think you can swing that this week. Just with so much variance in this field, hope to get lucky at the bottom. Would you play any of these guys on DK? Thompson, Stallings, or Piercy? All three or just two? Um, Stallings is really the only one that has any of my interest here. Thoughts on David Hearn playing really well. Yeah, I'm going to have a hard pass on David Hearn here. Uh, another Canadian. All right, I'll do a final call for questions since that is the bottom of the chat. I think that's the bottom of the chat. Unless I'm missing questions. Paul, did you make any bets this week? I have not, no. I should have before D like when I saw the DJ pullout news. You didn't even bet Chris Baker, the birdie maker? Nah. I think you can still get him at 400 to 1. Nah, now, now I missed that 600, though. Yeah, you'll feel bad about your 400 to 1 winner? Yeah. I mean, he's probably not going to win, right? No, I hope can, he wins for all of your guys. Six. You can grab him with the top eight, though. It's one-fifth. So what's that, 80 to one to come inside the top eight? Yeah. That's not horrible. Thoughts on Denny McCarthy this week? Pass. Knox, Malnati, or McNeely? 
Knox, Casey, or Day in the one and done? Uh, Casey, any guys you like for showdown? I think I would go Spyglass day two. Uh, that's how I would do showdown this week. Um, just not a huge fan of the course splits this week. Uh, over under 200 strokes for Cust. If he played Pebble Beach this week, over. Thoughts on Schwartzel? He's not playing. So there we go. I don't think he's playing. He's not playing, right? <laughs> he wasn't like a late add into the field or anything like that. I looked at the DraftKings pricing and I didn't see him. But like I said, for some reason, he, the name Charles Schwartzel just kept sticking out in my mind. I don't remember adding him to any of the graphics. This no, week. he he is not playing this week. Only Charlie Hoffman is playing. Malnati or Han Malnati? Thoughts on Schwartzel? Again, not playing. How much do you make a year as a media mogul? I make around like $4.7 million a year. So, you know, I just have to sit here and chat. They give me millions. That's how it works. Do you have any weird bets? Double 20s or double winners? I played a to make the cut parlay, and I think I played like group winners. <laughs> That's always fun to do. What do you do with Sung Yul No? Eh, probably just not play him. You made an interesting point with Rick yesterday on who does poorly at Monterey. Did that change your mind at all? Not really. Do you think Ricky's terrible putting is more of a fluke or a real concern? This is what I actually wrote up on FTN Daily. He's lost strokes putting in eight consecutive rounds. It's never happened in his career. He only had one other stretch of over five consecutive rounds where he's lost strokes putting in his career. That was the final round at Phoenix, double Honda Classic through WGC Mexico in 2008. So historically, he is a very good putter. Uh, right now, he is an awful putter, and he's going through putter changes as well. But when it comes to putting, you know, Ricky's not Luke List. He's not Ben Ann. He knows how to putt. So I f- give him the benefit of the doubt that he can figure this stuff out. It doesn't mean he's going to, but I do think you're going to see a Ricky Pop week on the greens here sometime soon. Top international player? Does, I know, international doesn't include Europeans, does it? So... Malinari, since I bet him to win. Seifert and DK, you know I'm using my man, Chase Seifert, 6800 bucks. Homa or Norlander? Max Homa. Weather strategy over first two days. Yeah, I covered that in the weather part of the show at the beginning. Go check that out. Duval to make the cut at plus 2500 Sure, do what you got to do. I thought it was really valuable bringing up the good, bad Monterey players with Gaiman, good information to narrow down my player pool. Rick actually tweeted those out at Rick Run Good on Twitter about the best and worst players at Monterey Peninsula over the past few years, if you do want to go check that out. I thought it was really interesting. Site blank allows a lineup of Cantley, Berger, Han, Malnati, Cam Davis, and Gim. Should I play there along with different lineups on DK? I think you just play on DraftKings. That's my solution to that. See, woo! I think Siwoo's a bit sneaky this week, although it's been like a few really good weeks in a row for Siwoo, so I'm playing him as a part of my Pebble Day 1 stacks, so they get Spyglass. He wasn't a part of like my normal player pool, but to narrow down the like Pebble-only Day 1 pool, Siwoo did make that list. So you like steal it all? Eh, kind of pass. Pat, can you do a recap of the good-bad Monterey players? Sure, I can do that for you. This is where Fantasy National comes in handy. Let's see here. Where's Monterey Peninsula? Search by Monterey Peninsula. The easiest of the three courses, which we are not seeing this year, as I've pointed out numerous times, in case you're just tuning in. And I am just going to do 
the past three years worth of round, past four years worth of round. So 2020, 2019, 2018, and 2017 to see who the best players on those courses are. And just because they're good at one course doesn't mean that they're bad at the other course. It just means they've been very good at these ones. So on average, we'll do that. So the maximum amount of rounds that you could have played is four. So it's a really, really small sample. Uh, So it might just be negligible to begin with, but it is kind of fun to look at. The best player by far on Monterey is Kiradesh Appy Barnrat with... And there's no strokes gained. It's just strokes gained total from these. He's gained, he gained six strokes on the field in his one round. Harry Higgs, Paul Casey, Phil Mickelson, Sam Ryder, Jason Thay, Cam Percy, Ted Potter Jr., Scott Stallings, Henrik Norlinder, Bryce Garnett, Bohog, Scott Piercy, Andrew Putnam, Nick Taylor, Shez Reevy uh, as a part of that group. Uh, guys that are the worst that actually mean something. Roger Sloan was bad in his one round at Monterey. Denny McCarthy... See Woo Kim. See Woo Kim's an interesting one and done, I think. So if people have used him or they feel like they've missed the boat on him, there are other guys who are like good. Harold Varner was bad at Monterey. Charlie Hoffman, Duffner, Stewart, Lebiota, Cam Davis, Max Homa, James Hahn, Berger, Lashley. Yes, Paul. Shouldn't you just use See Woo at uh, Pete Dye? You should. He's played well here before, though. Okay. Like, this is... I mean, the one thing with the Pete Dye is, yes, Pete Dye is set up in a certain way, but they're all shorter courses as well. Like, the Wyndham isn't a Pete Dye course, and he's played well there. But usually, he's kind of like Im. Shorter Bermuda uh, is generally where he pops. Let's see what Siwoo's best... Maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I feel like he had a... I feel like I had a top five on him a few years ago when he hit the top five when he was, like, super deep odds. Him and Stallings, the year that Phil won, I think was the year that it would have went out. I'll keep looking that up, though. If you have questions, keep dumping them in. Smash the like button. Well, you are out there as well as I continue for whatever reason Siwoo Kim is not loading for me. Oh, there we go. All I had to do was shit talk it a little bit, and we were good. A lot of people on the site at the moment. Yeah, he was fourth in 2019. Missed, sandwiched in between two missed cuts. So, it, classic Siwoo performance. Either he misses, the, either he's really bad or really good. <laughs> so, which kind of makes him... Not necessarily an optimal one-and-done type play, but almost like Brooks last week where you had no idea. And I feel the same way about Ricky this week, too, that you do have a lot of variance with these picks. But if you know that they have winning upside, I do prefer that more than taking, like, even someone like Harold Werner, who I do think plays well this week. I bet him to win at 110 to 1, mind you. But the win equity just isn't there for him. Although he did have his one like overseas win, his international win at the Aussie open, which was super windy. So maybe he can navigate those a little bit, but if we're just talking about, if it doesn't really make a difference, either you finish top five or whatever you finish is irrelevant, taking higher variance players in a one and done does make a, it appeals more to me to have one of those big ones. Uh, See, woo. Can't lay a must play for an outright bet. I at six and a half to one. I, don't think so. Uh, you like steel now? Can you please recap? I just did the recap. Uh, let's see. Josh Teeter popped in your first look. Did he make the player pool? The Teets did not for me. I just I never play Josh Teeter. I leave him for Wiley. That's Wiley's guy. Are you worried about Day's course history being primarily due with his comfort in the Pro-Am? I mean, there's no way to actually tell if that's the truth or not, to be perfectly honest. Does that mean that everyone's course history at this course is fully tied up? into playing with their pro-am partners i don't know i don't know how this affects anyone uh i think that as rick and i talked about it will affect some people who it affects we have no idea 
Uh, maybe he playing a bit faster is now good for Jason Day because it's another year gone by. Or maybe it affects Kevin Strillman because he likes hanging out with Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know the answer to any of these questions. No one does. And even if people are saying it, it could be just because this is the part where I think that people take the words of the players a little bit too literally sometimes. Players will tell you if they're playing well, oh, it must be this. Although that could have nothing to do with why they're playing well. In their minds, that's why they're playing well. And that's great. Maybe it makes them more comfortable. But just because a player says like, oh, you know, I'm more comfortable in the setting because of X, Y, and Z, that could actually have nothing to do with why they're playing well. They could just be driving the ball really well that week. Or they could be making all their putts that week. Like, Stuff like that is so anecdotal. You can't put it into, you know, you can play that narrative if you want. I mean, listen, stats and golf are wildly unpredictable from time to time. They're not constant, but they're better than pure narrative and pure anecdote at the same time. Uh, they do give you something to build off and say, hey, as an explanation to why this happens based on data, not some sort of anecdote to why someone plays well. It doesn't mean that one's, one can't work for you if you go with it, but uh, it's not necessarily for me. Over under 50 feet average miss on Spieth fairways this week. I can see it. I can see it up there. Burns or Molinari? I like Molinari. What do you think Spieth's ownership ends up this week? Projections are all over the place. They are all over the place. Because in some spots, I see him a bit low. Uh, I don't think that he'll be super popular on, like, let's say, a fantasy national. Like, I think that, like, 14% to 15% amongst, like, the Sharp community is probably where you're going to see Jordan Spieth. But because there is no football this week, if you do see more casual people who haven't played golf in a while jump in, that will push Spieth's ownership sky high. He's by far the most identifiable name in this tournament to a casual player, someone who had a lot of money in NFL, and now there is no NFL, so they're wasting it all on PGA. That will make Spieth, I think that will probably give him an extra three to four in the lower end. So the $15, the $5, the giant ones, I think you'll see Spieth higher owned than maybe like the $555 or the $200 single entries. That's just my perception. I could be, it could be the complete opposite of what happens, but that would be the logic I would use to try to project his ownership this week who do you want to win this week that hasn't won in a while or have no betting interest that hasn't won in a while i'd like to see i mean i have betting interest in it i'd like to see varner win i think varner's well past due for a win i don't have a bet on cam davis i would like to see cam davis win i would like to see molinari win as well i just i like molinari i hope he wins uh do you like herman this week nah thoughts on ryan Almail? Monterey is his worst course, and this tournament has decent numbers at Pebble. Yeah, listen, irons, short irons, accuracy, maybe some putting. It's a Ryan Armour specialty. I can get behind that. Burns, Tringali, or Streelman? Let's go with Burns. Rafa Cabrera Bayo is in good form, kind of, overseas, and not really. had one. He has one top 20 finish in the last year, so I don't know how good a form he's actually. He made the cut in european events where guys got paid to show up and didn't matter if they played well or not so i don't know he would not be in my cash game lineup put it that way i can see using him in gpps i do not think that he is trustworthy enough pat you have the best show thank you ethan you're the best viewer i appreciate that smash the like button okay zalatoris molinari or casey in the one and done let's go okay i'm more prone to play molinari i do think that casey's probably the more logical play though anybody you were out on at the beginning of the week that you're in on now not really. Burger in DraftKings, maybe. Homa on DraftKings. Davis on DraftKings. I just, I kind of like those guys. <clears throat> Hubbard, FRL, and Brooks last week. Thanks for the horses. Boom. For my question, what's your kid's favorite food? I'm trying to feed a one-year-old and running out of ideas. 
My kids, I don't know where they get their size from, but they're fucking enormous. So my one son is now, he just turned two. So he's less than 25 months, older than 24 months. He's now up to 38 pounds. Um, he's the youngest kid in his daycare and he's by far the biggest. Uh, he eats anything. He just puts stuff in front of me. He just goes, and then he just wants more. And then he like freaks out if he doesn't get more. He does like... Now, I give him Eggos in the morning. Seems to like Eggos a lot. The little one, the nine-month-old, he now weighs 26 pounds. Uh, he's just learning to stand up now, too. But he's just starting to get into, like, more or less solid foods. So we're just using purees for him. Uh, still mixing in, like, cereal, type, like the harder cereal-type stuff uh, to get him more accustomed to the harder foods. I don't know what they feed them at school, but it sounds like it's pretty good. Uh, they seem to like it a lot. We just quick snacks, berries, like blueberries, strawberries, all that type of stuff the older one really enjoys eating. Probably a meaningless stat, but Davis Rowley has experience playing Pebble Beach in the 2018 U.S. Amateur, made the quarterfinals. Is this enough to be considered course history? I mean, at least he's played the course before, but I bet you those USGA conditions are nothing like what the course is going to be like this week. And if there's going to be a ton of wind, if there wasn't a ton of wind this week, the course is going to play completely differently. John Daly, KJ Choi, or Rod Pampling? I mean, objectively, KJ Choi is probably the better play of all those guys, but neither of them are good plays. Thoughts on Tom Lewis? Pass. Happy birthday, Pat. Thanks for the show. It's not my birthday, but thank you anyway. Appreciate it. Just got on my lunch break, so sorry if you answered something like this. Yeah, Parker, we'll get to you anyway. What do you think about fading the 10K and jamming in three 9Ks? I like it a lot. Let's go. Let's go. I've noticed, uh, and I probably, I'm going on with Matt Jones in a month or so, uh, once I just kind of get freed up from everything on his podcast, and he is the Bogey Free Podcast. I think that's the name of it. Go follow Matt Jones on Twitter. But he is very good at looking at the historical data of some of these tournaments. What I would like to ask him, because I actually don't know the answer, I only have my anecdotes uh, about it, but some of these weaker field tournaments... The favorites don't normally win, to tell you the truth. Um, now, when they do win, that sticks out in your mind. It's like, oh, Cantlay went to Pebble Beach and dominated everyone. Well, that happens more infrequently than frequently. That fading some of the top end guys, basically fading the entire 10K range. When I won big at Heritage that year, there was four guys above 10K. I think it was Leishman, Casey, DJ, someone else and three of the four ended up missing the cut and i didn't use anyone above 10k i used xander bryson i think bill haas was in the 9k range that year and i just used three 9k guys and worked my way backwards from that and at these weaker events maybe there's not as much incentive maybe at the shorter courses there's more variance especially with the win this week that you get rid of a lot of ownership that way because some of those guys actually missed the cut uh and you can just luck out into the 9k range and play some safer options at the bottom if you want to go that route so i do like that method i don't know whether that's been effective in weaker fields or not uh so i'll ask matt about that to see if he has any research to back that up but i'd be very curious to know that is a strategy i like to employ at weaker field events unrelated to the live chat we are in the last days all of us are sinners oh good some some god guy is in here have fun with that live your life in fear that's always fun that's how i like to live my life terrified of everything would you consider mcelroy the best butler out of the world's top 10 i don't know what that do you know what that means paul do you know what a bottler is how do you spell that? B-O-T-T-L-E-R. A bottler? Yeah. Somebody who bottles things? Why would Rory be that? 
Why would he be the best of the world's top ten in putting things into a bottle? I have no I'm idea what that... I'm thinking we're dealing with a uh, spell... Spe- right. It's either spell check or someone from Britain golfer. I don't understand the slang. It's supposed to be golfer, but this guy works in like a bottling company. So yeah. he's usually talking about bottlers. Uh, if you it, can re-ask your question, Connor, I don't understand don't what you're trying to say. Casey or Molinari in the one and done? Let's go. Keep high. I like them both. I, like I said, I'm more prone to use Molinari. Casey probably the better game theory. Oh, this guy is uh, just giving me Bible quotes now. Fantastic stuff. Love that. Didn't hear about Homa until the very end of the show with Game. Am I missing something or just crappy number keeping you away? I'm playing Homa on DraftKings. I'm just not betting him. More likely, Tim getting a hole-in-one at Pebble or jumping from space. Probably the hole-in-one because that's complete blind luck. Did you see Cuss' endorsement of taco salad ice cream cones? No. Can we get a Cuss? Can we get an episode of Cuss Cooking Channel? Well, Paul and I have been planning out a special new series with Cuss live in person that maybe some cooking elements, Cuss Cooks, might be a part of that. Can you let me know the con- Cameron Tringali ownership for the DraftKings this week? Let's see here. What are we seeing for Cameron Tringali? Around 15% for Cameron Tringali. He is not a sleeper by any means, but why do, keep, why do people keep asking me it's happy birthday? What? So a bottler means choking slash blowing it, apparently. Is he okay? So is he the biggest choke artist of the guys inside the top ten? No, I'd say Xander is. British slang, I guess. Okay, see that makes a new probably something British that I just didn't understand. Uh, No, I don't think so. I mean, Rory has four majors and like forty wins, so I wouldn't really consider him a choker. Xander, who has four career wins, probably a bit closer to that. He's no Tony Fino. No, he's no Tony's not a top ten player though. Top ten Tony. For your single entries this week, are you going balanced or stars and scrubs? I'll end up going balanced like I do every week and losing when I should have entered my stars and scrubs lineup that would have won me money. That's just how that goes. Tune in Sunday as you can. I might film it Saturday this week. I don't know. Uh, Depending on the day, you can see how badly my $200 lineup did. Happy birthday, Pat. Not my birthday, but thank you. Uh, Pat, you strike me more as a hashtag girl dad. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I'm not. I have two boys. Oh, okay, I'm going to ban this guy who keeps posting Bible quotes. This guy can fuck off. This is weird. We- weird activity. Uh, hey, Pat, I'm rostering Chris Baker and Matt Jones at 100% this week. I ate some Chipotle for lunch. I think my butt could explode at any moment. Good luck this week. Good luck to you, Alex. I'm using both those guys. Not at 100%. Uh, so I hope that they hit for you because they'll hit for me too. Thoughts on Norin? Um, uh, I'm kind of out. Thoughts on Firic? Went over that. I'm kind of out. Hi, I am new. Hi, welcome to the show. Uh, for a potential parlay with Meanie's hockey props, just play Meanie's hockey props. They win all the time. Honest to God, tune in to the Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bet Show. Moody has been fucking fire in terms of, uh, like, DraftKings plays and Meanie's bets. He gives them out at, like, the beginning of the show. So tune into that. Subscribe to the Hockey Show, too. Help us support it. Even if you don't care about hockey. But if you just want the bets, just click to the bets portion. Meanie hit, like, a three-person, five-person, like, seven-person, like, shots over. Is the is the shots over under market in hockey, like, the softest market in hockey, Paul? What's going on? Seems that way. He's just crushing it. It's incredible right now. So tune into Monday. So tune into Meanie as he's just destroying it on the hockey show. Uh, is Dare Molinari the safest for a top-five finish? Probably Day, since he finishes top-five every year. But just why? Why do you need to add that to it? 
Is this the week to take Burger and two guys in the 8K range? You can take Burger and a 9K guy and an 8K. I just don't like the 8Ks, uh, unless you're at the very top of 8K, like if you went with like Homa or Streelman, something like that. Haven't heard anything on Adam Long. Thoughts? Uh, basically, since round one of the Amex, he's been trash, so out of it. Luke Donald or Kelly Kraft is a cheap punt. Pass. Come well, on, we're going with we're going with Chris Baker. Come on. This guy asked me about my birthday once again. I mean, I appreciate the good words, but you'll be banned for life because you're clocking up the chat now. Fowler or Harmon or C. Wu and Knox? Uh, C. Wu and Knox. Cam Davis or C. Wu as an outright? I think the answer is always C. Wu. My friend Carl, stop playing Call of Duty because of your advice. Did I mention to stop playing Call of Duty? I don't even recall saying that. Anyway, all right. Oh, um, maybe that was the cameo that I recorded for someone. Either way, if you're a grown man, yeah, just play Call of Duty. That's fine. It's just my friend. I have one friend who's really into Call of Duty. He still lives at home. He's in his mid-30s, and he yells at 12-year-olds over his headset. Like, get a fucking life, man. Uh, so I just don't want you to fall into that trap. If you can do it without it becoming, like, a problem for your life, like you're not doing real-life stuff and you're just playing Call of Duty, then that's probably a problem. It's no different than any other addiction. Do it in moderation. We're good to go. My wife wants to know if Cust is single. Should I be worried? Yes. You should be worried. Thoughts on Shez Ravy to win? Pass. Hadley or Duffner? Probably Hadley. Um, Sam Byrne shows up really highly in 125. Any interest in Burns? Not especially. Since I'm now jamming all three nines, Zalatoris or Molinari, I like Molinari. Harrington just WD'd. I don't know which Harrington. Scott or Patty? I wasn't using either, so I'm not really worried. Any love for Luke Donald? Nope. Wait, it's not your birthday. No, it is not my birthday. No more questions. We are at the end of the chat because I see nothing else. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get all your info. Cheat sheet and review are up on DKNation.com. Pivot plays up at FTNDaily.com. And uh, I gave out some bets and head-to-heads and everything like that in Golf Digest this week. So go hit that up. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.